Hello, welcome back to the Age of Empires. The Age of Empires. ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. Uh, my name is Lazero. I'm joined by Boxer Saint. How's it going, Boxer Saint? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. Um, guess what? We're back with AoE 2. And I, I think, uh, you know, we've had AoE 4 going for a little bit. We talked about some recent AoE 4 news. But I think I think we have to keep that AoE 2 in rotation. I think that's the case. What do you think about that, Boxer Saint? Definitely. It's uh, 100% of my rotation right now. But <laughs> I can I no, understand some of your listeners can go back and forth. Um, actually, it's kind of funny that we talked about. It. So we have we have some plans kind of going into the new year about about maybe doing a show that might harken back to the early days of this podcast. So um, as as I literally got a a message the other day saying I've been listening to the backlog of AOE episodes and I didn't expect a a Greek philosophy uh, lecture in the middle. <laughs> so that that's my that's my illusion or I guess my preview, you know, to things that may happen. Um, all right, let's let's start you off with with just some general kind of updates. I am planning an Age of Empires two slash Age of Empires four tournament uh, December seventeenth. However, get in the Discord, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to set that up actually this weekend. But uh, I, that's when I'm gonna stream it. So I'll, I'll add the Twitch link and everything um, if you're interested. Just so it's on the Friday evening uh, uh, at I think seven p.m. That's that's when I'll stream it. So um if you are interested definitely go there i am perhaps on the 18th planning a 12-hour stream maybe perhaps maybe so also be there to check that out um and i'll I'll give more times in the discord so anyway just in general if you want updates it'll be on the discord especially this week because because things are kind of moving um so i mean i'm kind of seeing if i can do an aoe4 tournament and an aoe2 tournament and kind of cram it all in but uh so be it i haven't i haven't quite decided how i'm doing all that maybe it won't be a 12 hour stream maybe it'll be really like a four hour stream you know that that's my equivalent all right <laughs> maybe my equivalent's a six hour stream okay that's the max up going all right then it's gonna get boring afterwards um and then uh on top of it other updates uh i guess from us i, I maybe we can start with the patch update i think that might be big since it's already been almost a month since it's been out and i think it's probably appropriate to go over um, I'm not going to go over the event because the event might already be over, so I'm not going to worry about that. Um, however, there's been some uh, some changes um, a little bit. So uh, one of them, for instance, graphics, the regional trade car graphics have changed. Ooh, ah. Uh, and Husite Wagons, my favorite unit in the game, now use a new projectile graphic to differentiate uh, them from battle mangonel projectiles. So that's great. Uh, and interesting dark age barracks rubble no longer decays four times slower than other dark age buildings these are the needed changes we need in the game don't you think yep this is the stuff that i've been complaining about dark age rubbles um, <laughs> the barracks the barracks now. rubble just takes too long to fall down <laughs> only only dark age how many times have you actually seen a dark age barracks get destroyed What's destroying no. it Never. <laughs> like how many militia do you have are you uh yeah you're, you're uh, uh what is it uh, uh, drush, or, drush, uh, drush. I'm trying to find TC that word. Job. Drush. There it is. Um. Okay. So I'll continue on because I. I mean, it's it. It's good they make small changes like this. It just it doesn't impact most of us, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe another big one. UI. So there's a tech tree preview uh feature, which is pretty cool. Which is small. That's really nice. That's I've people... been waiting forever for something like this. I love this. 
I think a lot of people probably use a, uh, a mod for that mod. already. That's in the bottom left-hand side, but this is much nicer, a lot easier to read. Um, that's That was pretty huge. I appreciate that it, one. It's just nice when you're playing with friends and decide, hey, I'm going to use the you know Civ I've never played with before. Like that's <laughs> that's what yeah, I've decided. Big, big for random people doing random civs. If you're trying to learn everything at once, that's helpful. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if there's anything too much more than the UI, but the, the fact this is probably the biggest thing for the UI, the tech tree. So uh, look forward to that. Um, then some small things for for settings. Uh, wait, fish traps are now affected by automatic farm receding. That's pretty cool. I thought they already had a fish trap reseeding option. No, so that's the point. Uh, no, it's just all the same thing. Now it's also now, affected. By well, the no, automatic. I think I think I think you can use. So if essentially, I guess maybe they get rid of it. Maybe not. Maybe it's just the now the mill reseed. It, it just acts as the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it could be both. Both of those now impact it instead of just one. Yeah, I don't, know. I, I don't even I don't use fish traps. So if I receive my fish trap, are my farms going to work? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Um, all right, some gameplay changes. Uh, villagers will now shoot a wild boar when repeatedly being asked to do so. Uh, oh, because sometimes you'd you'd like right click a million times and then it wouldn't shoot. It just like animation cancel. <laughs> so they oh, fix that. Noticed that. Well, because most people don't keep clicking unless they're a pro gamer you know uh, <laughs> uh villagers no longer skip the next queue action after being ungarrisoned oh that's cool so if you if you already had it do something that'll go back to doing that extra action so i guess it, it wouldn't do that before um Husei wang is now correctly reduced damage of area effects blast damage and scorpion attacks that's nice uh, that's my favorite unit. And ballistic projectiles are now more accurate against high-speed targets. Th- that's pretty cool because I think there's there's times where you're using certain units and you're like, I cannot hit anything. <laughs> uh, you know, I might as well just not have that unit there. A um, couple campaign updates I don't think really we have to go over. Um, co-op, though, there's a new uh, two new co-op campaigns. So if you've been looking for some more co-op action... Uh, They've oh they have full co-op campaigns now, not just missions. I'm actually down to play some of these. This is uh it's not just historical battles, they now have uh, a whole bunch of these. I feel like I missed the first two, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh all co-op campaigns now show intro slides, so that's really nice too. I I I'm actually interested in, in this. I might I might play through some of this stuff uh when I when I get a chance. That's that's a lot of fun. Uh any any thoughts? Co-op campaigns? Probably just uh net I've good. Not, I've not tried any, so <laughs> I'd be I'd be down to try some with you sometime. For sure, for sure. All right, here are the big ones, the things that people like to talk about. We actually have all right, or we we've had. I mean, you know, we're we're almost a bump behind here, but we actually had a whole bunch of ballot uh, balance changes and we'll see how that works, how that affects things. We'll we'll make our little things here. So general palace walls cost increased uh from two wood to three wood. Uh, houses their melee armor reduced in dark feudal and castle age and scout units no longer have extra conversion okay do you want to go one at a time palisade walls tell me about palisade walls and houses we do one into at the same time these are huge so Mm -hmm. palisade walls in your houses and competitive ladder play that that's how you're going to do most of your walling so you're going to have the palisade wall when the enemy comes to attack you're probably going to put a a house behind that palisade uh, number one, palisades are now more expensive. 
So it's not a ton. It's only one extra wood. So from two wood to three, uh, but that still makes it a little more expensive, a little more costly to make that decision to wall off your entire base, as opposed to putting a few small walls around each resource. Um, so that's number one. Number two, when your houses do come up, they are nowhere near as tanky as they used to be. Um, they're a lot easier to get in, so they're not as reliable. Um, maybe you pivot to doing stone walls, or maybe you just keep making houses or you repair them more often. I don't know. Uh, but that's huge for anybody who's trying to fast castle or, or trying to keep the enemy out of your base. They're, they're actually promoting aggression and not letting people be as greedy as they used to be. Yeah, turtle turtle play took a big hit right there. I, I think for the better, but I, I think so too. Because I, I mean, we've we've made the I mean not joke, but like we made the thing that's like Dark Age half the time doesn't like matters, but doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't matter a lot in my elo because we don't really know what we're doing anyway. But <laughs> it does make it a lot easier to get into somebody's base once they wall up. A hundred percent. So, I mean, that's big. That's huge. So you're already uh, experiencing some changes in AOE too. Um, sale units, no longer extra conversion resistance. I mean, that's fine. I don't think that's as big. Um, but you know, you know, someone proved me wrong. Uh, are you ready to get into the specific, uh, the sieves here? Uh, we can, or I can just, I can tag some, a few that stand out to me. I think that might be for the best. Which one stand out for you here? So for me, I'm a huge Byzantines player. Um, the Byzantines, from what I understand, have had very little adjustment since they were released in the original Age of Kings. Um, but here, Byzantines team bonus, their monks used to heal an extra 50% faster. Now they heal 100% faster. And that it looks crazy. If you watch one monk heal one unit, they heal so fast now. <laughs> um, and again, that's a team bonus. So that impacts your entire team. That's big for, for Byzantines. A uh, couple of attack increases for the infantry unique units. So your, your Celt World Raiders, your Japanese Samurai, they all got, uh, they both got attack increases. Uh, I wonder if Vikings, Vikings got hit pretty hard. They lost Thumb Ring for their archers, but their infantry hit points were boosted um, by 20% starting in feudal age. So it used to be 10% feudal, 15% castle, 20% extra hit points in, in Imperial. Now they've got 20% flat from feudal age on. So they're trying so, to promote infantry of the Vikings? Um, for it, everybody, it looks like. This was a it, huge infantry patch. It, it's interesting because like it just infantry has never been it. You know what I mean? Like It's just never yeah. been... A thing that people have really focused on and i think this is the first time that i've i felt like they made a change that was like we want to take this in a certain direction like we yeah. want to see i mean because you know we can we can compare it to aoe4 for a second where they very much made that kind of the the, the triangle the rock paper scissors um mm-hmm. of your your base units and i think they just want it to no longer like at some point get to a point where it's like you actually have an infantry viable option and it's not just always Oh, caver archers, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I kind of see this as a big step towards that. Right. Yeah. I mean, just, about, just about every sieve you look at that has an infantry unique unit, they got some kind of a buff. Um, Teutonic Knights got, went from 12 attack to 14 and from five melee armor to seven 
Both of those are huge. Elite Teutonic Knight cost was decreased. Um, Elite Chotel Warrior cost was decreased. Elite Samurai cost was decreased. Uh, lots and lots of just infantry buffs. So this is kind of the infantry infantry patch here. Nice. So I'm excited. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how it changes. We'll definitely see in the tournaments if people are playing differently. Um, yeah, ex- exciting stuff. Uh, so definitely be there for that. Um, maybe Arabia we can talk talk about where they actually use the King of the Desert 4 tournament version. So um, I think pro players have been looking for some of these maps to become the tournament versions of the maps. So uh, yeah, do you, I mean, I don't. I haven't seen anyone who likes the new Arabia, and <laughs> what, they, what they've done is they've added elevation close to your oh. base. Uh, particularly it winds up elevating a lot of your forests and it makes it very difficult to put a second TC against like a wood line and a gold and a gold mine, for example. Uh, sometimes you've got to be three or four tiles away from a wood line to drop a TC. Uh, in addition, I don't know if Arabia changed right before this anyway, but the forests are often only covering like, half or three-fourths of your base. So you've got one side of your base that's either open or you've got a long wall going down it. Um, makes it very difficult to wall, which is not terrible, but definitely makes it for a little more frustrating of a map. Yeah, and it randomized for some outsize and distance from players. And you know what's funny? Like, I... Uh, the... Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how this is. There's, you know, I I think the one thing that people liked about pro versions is how random some of the things are. But it's like it's like uh, what's the word? Bat- like it's symmetrically random. If that makes sense. So yeah. I don't know if that's that is that the case in, in this map here. Um, it can be. I've seen some some players. So if it's not, go. if it's not, then it is really weird because then you're you're because I think you know with Arabia the one thing that people have wanted for the longest time is they kind of see it as your your chess map you know like your your most basic your most standard map. Um, yeah, I think uh, so, yeah. I think it still is. Everybody gets a bad map. It's not <laughs> nobody's getting that much better of a map than they were bef- compared to beforehand. Like everybody's always had like maybe I've got a forward gold and a forward berries, but you've got a back gold and a back berries. That's still the case. Um, well, but like, now it's just good. I mean, there's part of me that feels like, like with town center placement, like the areas should be mirrored. I wouldn't hate it if like the closest area is mirrored, like your all your base resources are kind of mirrored and then everything else can be random. Like as much as possible. I don't know. Yeah. Here's the note. Uh, yeah. I didn't notice until just now, but Aftermath, it's one of my favorite maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it in Red Bull. Uh, but used to, you would spawn with houses, barracks, and a blacksmith. Now that'll only happen in Empire Wars. So your Aftermath spawn will look more like traditional random map. So you'll have, they even added some straggler trees around the town center, which they didn't have before. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, that, that kind of changed that map a little bit too. Um, I'm going to continue on here just a little bit. Uh, I think there's some other things I'm going to mention, but I'm not really going to go into uh, player handicap system when you're making custom lobbies. Um, quick play, they're, they're kind of trying to develop that quick play thing to be like, you know, most, you know, games, modern games, 
quickly. Um, so they're they're continuing working on that. Um, some general AI improvements, pathfinding, scripting, all, all things that are great. Um, uh, th- th- interesting. They they changed a font for for a certain, uh, I believe, languages because it was hard to read. <laughs> uh under certain font so that's cool um and i guess ooh, q dodging and cooldowns and cheating Ooh, there's there's a couple of things there i'm not going to go too much into detail uh, uh, but just it's interesting that they're they're bringing it up here um the one thing i did want to mention though is the coming up section so i think i just want to want to read this last part here because i think it's relevant to our listeners and relevant to what a lot of the aoe2 community is thinking about with last month's amazing launch of Age of Empires 4, we know our players are curious about uh, what this means for Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. We'll abandon our longest enduring... Will we? Will we abandon our longest enduring classic RTS to focus on a new release? And then there's three gasp faces after emojis. And then they're like, no way. <laughs> While we're thrilled for everything coming for Age of Empires 4, we're happy to reassure our Age of Empires two players that the excitement around age of empires 4 means more for you not less we're planning to support age of empires 2 different edition for a long long time and we'll soon be able to share an exciting roadmap with some genuinely awesome reveals coming in the months ahead stay tuned and whoa whoa, whoa. um all right i'm gonna say a couple things one this patch itself shows that they are actively taking a step in in now impacting the game whether rightfully for wrongfully but i think it's a net positive even if they make balance changes that people don't like it's a net positive because it means the game's supported and it means you have a company that's interested in continuing to support this game and then on top of that you have this saying they're going to make a roadmap and they're continuing to work on it so i have no no qualms no no things it's saying if you are age of empires 2 it it looks like i think one of the things we feared is that you know maybe some of that support would kind of go in the background but I think uh, the better AoE 4 does, it seems like AoE 2 is going to get all those updates. And, you know, a little bit to that as well is the fact that AoE 3 has gotten like campaigns and stuff recently too, right? So I think, and, and new civs and stuff. So I think it's wild that they're supporting all the games. I think a- Age of Empires, the first one, is, is kind of at its limit. I don't think, I don't really see them supporting that game uh, beyond, you know, the definitive edition that they made. And I, I mean, you know, for fun, I think you should you should check out that game if you get a chance because I, I think it's interesting kind of seeing where Age of Empires came from. But it seems like AoE two and AoE three, there's definitely um, a support system and plans for those games, and at least someone working on it. And I think it's really nice being in an RTS community where the developer uh, is supporting the game, and there's a bright future ahead. Blizzard. Um, so, <laughs> with that in mind, what are your thoughts on that, Boxer saying? Yeah, it definitely made me feel better seeing that at the end. Um, Obviously, you could kind of infer that from how big this patch was and the balance issues they solved, but it was nice to see them explicitly spell it out and calm those fears. So I feel much better uh, committing my own time and energy into learning this game <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and playing it more. Sorry, I just I, something to stuck in my throat. Something about yep. developers who don't communicate. Um, <laughs> well, either don't communicate or have just stopped supporting games, I guess. This is the difference. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm so excited. It, it seems like we're on a steady path in Age of Empires 2 and Age of Empires 4. So I, I no, no things to worry. I think with that in mind, maybe we can continue on here. Yep. I know we're, I know we're, we're, we're kind of, you know, this, this will be one of those, uh, get a million information out, but, um, that's the case sometimes. Uh, I'm going to 
first mentioned, the King of the Desert uh, tournament is happening right now. Yes, right now. If you are listening to this episode, it's probably happening right now <laughs> because this episode really is kind of in the midst of it. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, uh, you'll have the final game. Uh, final games. Um, it is being. Uh, it is. Hold on, hold on. So, if you want to find the tournament, it's on Mem TV's Twitch channel. M E M B T V. So you can search that on Twitch and you can find it. Um, it should be on Saturday and Sunday. There is a twenty thousand dollar to the first place, ten thousand to the second place. It's a nice supported game, and currently they're in the semifinals. So that'll be happening. Semifinals, I believe, will be happening uh, on Saturday, which which could you know Saturday eleventh, which could be the day you're listening to, or you're listening this a week later, in which case, uh, you know maybe you already know the results. Uh, and then Sunday should be the finals, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Now, big things here is that we have Leary and Vinchester in the semis and Viper and Jordan in the semis. Not too many surprises here. Um, perhaps Cito making it to quarters. I think that's pretty cool seeing, seeing some new names that I don't usually see. Um, me, myself, you know. Um, uh, I guess one kind of notable exception is the fact that Hera was not able to make it and Hera lost to Cito. Um, so I guess that's the big thing. Uh, it would have been nice to see Cito make it to the semis, but Cito you know, lost four to Leary. And I wonder if perhaps some of these AOE2 players have been playing too much Age Empires 4. What do you think? Uh, it's definitely possible. But when you look at <laughs> Except Hera, for Viper, who's still... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you look at Hera, I think Hera's struggled in the limelight uh, the last few tournaments. And I don't know if he's got it in his own head or what's going on. Um, but definitely... I don't see as much fun in the game for him as I do with some of the other players. So I don't know if he feels like he's got to prove himself and that kind of gets him off his game. But um, Hera on the ladder and then Hera in tournaments are are two different people right now. Sorry, I'd like to just sorry. I like to, I just realized that I didn't um, I didn't clarify this. So it, Hera actually beat Cito. Cito beat ACCM and the MBL, um, but Hera lost to Jordan and Vinchester, which. You know, Vinchester is someone who I've definitely seen be that dark horse, get those upsets. Jordan, I'm not too surprised. I mean, not too surprised, but Jordan's definitely a player that on his day can can take out some of those top players. So um, it it's rel- like it it looks bad, but relatively it's not that bad of a result. If yeah. that makes sense, I, like yeah. it, for him for it format. is for the format. For him, it, it's not that bad. Yeah, but there's two players that you know if. Out of 10, it's more than one time that they could win, you know? Like, yeah. there's other players where I'm like, yeah, only like one out of 100 times you'd ever be Hera. But Jordan, you know, I'll give it I'll give it a, a 3 out of 10, you know, Jordan wins. Maybe I'm being too nice to Hera, but 3 out of 10, Jordan wins. And Vinchester, maybe it's a little lower, but it's more than one, you know? <laughs> yeah. But Vin- Vinchester is one of the best there is when he's when he's on his game. So he's had a couple of runs in the Red Bulls where uh, it looks like nobody can touch him until they do. So, if I'm not mistaken, Vichester, I mean, the, this was the case. I, I, I'm trying to stretch my memory back here to, to the last time we, we like went in depth in a tournament. But if I remember Vinchester, he's very, he was always very aggressive with like, you know, castle kind of surrounding the enemy with castles um, and putting on that like very, it almost feels textbook, if that makes sense. Um, so, you know, I'd be curious to see if his play style is, is still similar in that case. Yeah. And uh, I don't know the person that's, yeah, I'll say the other person that's playing lights out right now is Jordan. Uh, I think Jordan was down 
three to one against Tato in the <laughs> quarterfinals, back. and then came back. Um, I think he had to win three straight games to make it to the semis, and he did it. So Jordan Jordan's been all over it recently as well. Uh, it looks okay. So so I actually have the order here. It looks like it was one two one one two. So it it wasn't a comeback. It was a steady game, but it was a very close game. And I mean, it's cool to see Tato kind of also measuring up. I mean, we'll really see, I think, when Jordan plays the Viper. I think that will be a very big game. And, and you know, I'm I'm predicting Leary to go through against Finchester. Uh, I just think Leary's on a different planet. <laughs> you know, like, I just, he, I just think that's the case. He has been. Um, I will note Viper and Jordan faced off in the semifinals of Red Bull Wololo 5. Most recently, and Viper beat Jordan three to zip. Uh, I can see that happening again. Jordan's looking different than he was mm. then, so I'm predicting a longer. Maybe maybe goes all five games. Um, Jordan's going to pull at least one off Viper, but I think I think Viper Leary rematch from Red Bull is something that we could see this weekend. Yeah, that, that, that I mean, I'm I'm happy for that. Uh, I'm going to try to catch it if I can. Uh, I just I've realized my weekends are not fully booked, <laughs> but nothing would surprise uh, me. I think any of these four players could go through, and we'd have a great finals. Sometimes when you get to the semifinals, depending on how it plays out, the semifinals is your finals game. You know, like you've got your two best players. Whoever wins is obviously going to take the next match. But I don't see that here. I think any of these four players could take any of the other four um, on their best days. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay. So, uh, I think, yeah. So look forward to that. Um, I, yeah. Um, mem B TV, if you want to watch, I'm sure if you uh, just check out Saturday, Sunday, uh, Twitch and, and age of embers to you, probably, you'll probably see it. Um, if I were to take a guess, uh, another thing I want to mention quickly, um, is that there is the winter championship, uh, that's hosted by the Elite Gaming Channel, and it's actually sponsored by Microsoft. Um, so I'm, I'm just—it's a big event that's happening on the 22nd. Uh, so unlike this event, what's happening this week, uh, it'll be happening in starting in uh, here. Let me let me—is that two weeks? Wait, it's happening the 22nd. That's actually wild. So it's happening <laughs> right before Christmas. Is, am I am I wrong on this? Oh no, it's in Jan- okay. It's in January. I'm looking way ahead. I just wanted to mention it because it, it's a it's a it's a um, Microsoft sponsored Winter Championship tournament. Um, it's way ahead. I, I'm sorry. I thought it was December. No, it's it's in January. It's way ahead. But I thought I'd mention it here since we are doing AOE two here, and you know perhaps we'll go back to AOE four next week. So or next next time. So I, I I just want to make mention that there's another big tournament kind of uh, on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so um i just and i think in general just to see that there's definitely tournaments happening in this scene um so i'm i'm gonna be yeah i'm, I'm kind of waiting to see uh you know it seems like there's supports there and it'd be it'd be cool if at some point there was some kind of circuit set up in aoe4 and aoe2 by microsoft although that might be asking for too much <laughs> what do you yeah. think of that yeah uh and maybe the latter kind of does that a little bit already by default um but definitely some kind of a outside the ladder i just i think they're really good in sponsoring tournaments and i think they might just want to keep it organic which which is fine too yeah i am if i can do a a personal plug oh of um, course 
I am setting up a league for this spring. Uh, we have 24 players between 1,000 ELO to 1,400 ELO, and uh, it'll be long term. We're we're playing one. Each player will play one game every two weeks, trying to make it as little of an impact on them as possible. Um, but we'll play we'll play eight games in this season, and uh, the top eight or the top 16 will go into a playoff round in May. So uh, if you guys see, we're going to encourage the players to stream if they stream. So if you see the Kings League on Twitch, then uh, then those will be some of our players playing out their games. So um, we're very excited about that. We're going to have a sieve draft. So everybody will have one sieve that only they can play. And um, just by, because of numbers, they'll have two other sieves that will be shared across a couple of other players. So um, a sieve draft and a map draft, everybody will have a map that's uh, unique to them. So we'll see how that format goes. I know for sure. Uh, and so, I mean, it's all another big part of this is like community, um, you know, run events and it's cool to see that you're part of them. Um, I think maybe we can take this last little part here, boxer to, uh, talk a little bit about what's your most, I guess, recent experience. You're saying you're playing about four hours a week. You're saying, um, yep. what, what's, what's, what's the most, so the newest, like the sieves you're playing the most, some, some, are you mostly playing one V ones or two V twos? What, what's kind of your, your most recent AOE two experience there? Uh, doing a lot of 1v1s, pr- trying to practice my archer builds. Uh, I actually got up to 1080 with archers and then dropped all the way down to uh, 1005 <laughs> within the same week. <laughs> so uh, kind of a roller coaster for me. Uh, archers are big for me right now. I'm really enjoying the Celts. Just kind of wa- I've watched some of, uh, I'll probably butcher the name, but Huang, who does the Siege Rush. I was watching some of Huang's streams the other day, and he's just masterful the way he handles siege. And I definitely can't do it like he does. But um, but the Celts are interesting to me. Uh, was talking with a few players this week about a fifteen pop Mongol scout rush. Interesting. So if you if you right after your first sheep, if you pull in a boar, and then just focus on boars and uh, and getting deer into your town center, you can actually you can go up. At, at 15 population. So um, the goal there would be to get scouts into your, the enemy's base before they get loom and cause some havoc. So um, that's interesting to try. I watched T90 took on Survivalist recently in a best of five series, and he did what he called the, the Taddy Rush, which I hadn't <laughs> heard before. Uh, I guess it goes after Tattoo. Um, but you, you kind of make three forward archery ranges and you completely stop making villagers and you just set your eco up with 20 to 25 bills to where you can constantly pump out three archers, three archery ranges. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Um, well, I think I with the that. new changes, like even more, that would be effective, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, not that you're going to do it. Not that walls do it much against archer. <laughs> I mean, it slows yeah, down but, though, the walls, right? Yeah, but you could definitely pop through it, especially if you got Saracens and you're getting extra damage against buildings anyway with archers. Um, he he actually beat Survivalist with that build. Survivalist got to Castle before T90 did, but T90 had so many archers that it didn't matter. <laughs> so, um, so that's that's what I'm doing recently, just working on my game, working on different aspects of my game. I think I'll be in the the thousands, the one thousand Elo for a couple more months until I pull it all together. That sounds about right. So, I mean, that's that's always. I feel like you always de rank when you want to practice something new. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. If I wanted to just, I'm pretty good with nights. If I wanted to just hammer away at nights, I think I could probably break eleven hundred right now. But um, but yeah, I'm just on the I'm on the slow game, slowly building up. Um, I I also uh, I guess wanted to mention that um, the uh. I also sorry. I also want to mention that I th- I think what I'm curious about is is there any big you know you you're talking about um and something we recorded before the show uh you're talking a little bit about how there's so much knowledge in this game. I kind of want to ask you if there's something that you kind of found in the last little bit that kind of blew your mind. That's something that you didn't know. You kind of you kind of been tinkering with and like oh it made sense to you now. That's a good question. That does jog my memory. I'm trying to think of what uh, what blew my mind recently. That would have been a good one to ask me before the show, not uh, <laughs> not in flight. Um, trying to think through the sieves. I feel like there's a sieve that caught me off guard that I just understood recently. You know, it, it might be the Celts. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at the Celts, their infantry get 15% speed. Um, with Squires, anybody can get 10% extra speed, but Celts get 15% faster. Well, and with the new updates, S- like, geez. <laughs> Start, right? Starting in Feudal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and their World Raiders, they do more damage. I think they might even have more HP. Um, but what that does for you, I saw Celt Pikeman, I think probably watching Huang's stream, Celt Pikeman, almost chase down scouts like that's that's how fast they are they're almost as fast as as uh as infantry or as as cavalry well that, so. that's the like that's i mean problem or not problem that's the once like probably the biggest annoyance of aoe2 is just how fast the cavalry is against the infantry yeah um and you 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 know you can't even take pot shots at it you kind of have to like you have to actually get an engagement at some point um and i think more than anything uh, you you kind of find yourself like whenever you go infantry. I mean, that's it's it's like you you have to be, I guess, fully walled off <laughs> and protected, um, and then you have to just be a threat in their in their face. Uh, or your infantry has to be there, right? Um, yeah. And it's 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 getting into an engagement, which is definitely the hardest part. Yeah, I think siege engineers is another thing that blew my mm-hmm. mind. Even today, uh, I knew it gave extra range to siege weapons. Could you get plus one range? But I always skipped over. You do an extra twenty percent damage to buildings, uh, and that's huge. That's the difference in, you know, your last shot taking out that castle or not taking out that castle. Um, so that no, that 100%. was big time for me. Yeah, and uh, and the last one, something I saw today, Khmer. Khmer can do a twenty three pop fast castle. You literally. As soon as you reach feudal, you just click it again and go to castle. Um, that blew my mind. Now you get there with a pretty awful eco, but you get there way ahead of the enemy. You can start putting out knights. Uh, you're definitely not able to upgrade those knights, but still, you've got knights and they've got archers and pike or archers and spearmen, right from feudal age. Mm-hmm. So that was that was interesting. How fast Khmer can get up, and I think I saw survivalists went up. To castle at like twelve minutes with Kamar, something like that. 
So that's incredibly fast. No, for sure. And then, I mean, you're, you're just, once you, once you're able to get up to castle that quickly, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a thing where I think about, it's like, you know, do I like this game being a rush to castle age? I mean, it's good that there's a timer, but sometimes it just feels like you can never be behind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's power spikes going to castle, but that's true. It's, it's not super overpowered because your eco is so bad. You can't do a lot with it. Um, you can build a feudal army to fight that castle army. Uh, but you also got to put pressure on their eco to keep it down too. You can't just let them boom like that either. So there's and a, I guess there's that's a the thing. Take. Lower, lower rank players are so behind on their eco that like they're, <laughs> they're like, Oh yes, I'm going to put some feudal age pressure. And then, you know, they hit when the other person hit castle. And it's like, Oh no, they always hit castle. Like, it never works. And it's like, no, you're five minutes late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm putting I, that pressure you're supposed to put. I do like that age two rewards action over inaction so if you just want to hide behind your walls and fast castle well you know your walls are now more expensive and your houses are not gonna <laughs> withstand any kind of damage so well, uh, i just think gold is such an important action. resource you know what i mean too is that it, you can't you can't just turtle because like you have to fight over certain there's certain parts of the map you have to fight over or relics or gold um and the person who has greater map control can you know if you're the one who is more aggressive and you're able to kind of stake your place as long as your sieve is you know pretty good into that late game um and as long as you're making sure they can't just like very comfortably you know eco on on a smaller amount um i think you're just in such a better position right yeah yeah i think you win and lose games sometimes just just literally on the ability to 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 make sure that even if you're both your sieves are relatively good in the late game um, to be able to just hoard those resources, <laughs> like not let them get it. Yeah, having having resources, having an ability to produce, and then having knowledge of what your opponent is doing. I was watching a lot of seven, eight, and nine hundred elo players on stream this week, and I noticed a lot of them play arena, and they want to. They don't engage the enemy until they're fully boomed in imperial age. <laughs> They're playing they a single even, player game. <laughs> they don't even see the enemy, like what they're building or what they're making until that first battle. And it's really like, you know, you spend 30, 40 minutes building your armies and then you just hope that your army beats their army. And if it doesn't, then game over. I even saw one guy, his army did win and, uh, but he couldn't get through the walls and his opponent countered with better units and, and crushed him. And um, uh, I say all that to say, information and knowing what to do with that information is also one of the critical things in age two, knowing what your enemy's doing and making units that counter what they're doing while having your own units to deal some damage after that. Um, it's important. So there's a lot of the things I'm trying to learn what beats, what, what's a good strategy, what's a bad strategy and, uh, and how do you balance your economy to make sure you've got resources to execute your strategy and pivot to another one when necessary. Yeah. It's definitely those those other pillars that aren't always talked about. People, especially when they get into RDTS games, they want to make sure they can manage their economy. That's always the first step, and it is the correct step. But as soon as you want to start ranking up, you have to know how to do those other things. You know, yeah. have to be proactive about understanding what your opponent's doing. Um, you know, Art of War, right? Uh, if if I want to break it down simply, uh, if if you know what you're doing. And you know what the and you but you don't know what the opponent's doing. You're going to win fifty percent of the time. Um, but if you know what you're doing and you know what your opponent's doing, 
completely, then you'll win 100% or something like that. That might be paraphrased. That might be misquoted. It's been a, I actually yeah. read The Art of War. I, I wonder if uh, if I remember <laughs> if that's actually from The Art of War or some other random person that told me. Yeah. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. But Art of War is pretty good, too. Um, I I actually really, yeah, it, it's intriguing uh, kind of seeing things. Okay, so this is slightly off topic, but I think we can maybe get into it here on in the depths of our show. Yeah. Um, in Art of War, there, <laughs> there's a, there's a, the, the one thing that's talked about a lot that maybe isn't talked about like in games like this is like troop morale. Um, and I think so. My I have a theory. I just think that troop morale or this idea of like, you know, like people being scared and like running away in battle. It's a very realistic thing, but it's not a fun thing in RTS, if that makes sense. Um, you want your units to kind of behave pretty robotically, pretty much the same. Like if there's a change in like, oh, OK, these people are on higher ground or you know what I mean? There's there's stuff yeah. like that where where you can accept. But when it's like if you're outnumbered by a certain number of units, like half your units flee, it's like that's when you're like, <laughs> I think it would just be annoying, even though it even though it's a very realistic mechanic. And I just thought I want to bring it up because our war, they talk about, you know, um, he talk about like disciplining like uh, units and, and making them all sorry uh, like soldiers um, and making them you know work you know not not be not be afraid. Um, yeah, Total War does that pretty well. Um, the more your enemy, the more your units have to march across the map, uh, the more tired they get and the lower their morale gets. Uh, if they're outnumbered or if they're surrounded, their morale is going to drop and they might run. If you've if they're veterans, you know you've you've used them in a couple of battles and and you've re-equipped them and gave them more unit or more soldiers in their squads. Um, a lot of times they'll have higher morale and they'll be less likely to run. They'll they'll fight to the death. Um, it adds a different level to the game, and they they do it pretty well. Not only is taking the hill important, but um, even if you've got the hill, if the enemy surrounds you and you're outnumbered really really poorly, then uh, then your units are gonna going to turn and run um i think it in is, the age of empires go ahead i i think this is 100 percent where like realism versus fun is a is a thing you consider and i think rts games already have so much depth that you don't necessarily need that extra layer of complexity um even though it could add it but there, there's a point of complexity that makes it no longer fun if that makes sense yeah um, i think in age of empires morale goes above the keyboard it's really between you <laughs> and your opponent like even if you're in a <laughs> If you're in a worse economic position and you're in a worse military position, but you've been pummeling this guy all game long and he thinks that he's lost, you know, he might GG early. And then when the map's revealed, he's like, oh, wait, <laughs> this guy has one TC, a stable, and a barracks, and he just beat me. Um, and or you your just, own you morale. Start making, you're, you're, the morale is literally the person behind the keyboard. It's the general literally, morale. <laughs> literally the person behind the keyboard. You start making bad decisions. That's what morale does to soldiers, right? Start making bad decisions. You start thinking nothing's going to. But you're every soldier part, now, right? so, so you are. You are all the soldiers. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. If you're feeling really good, then all your army is is upped in morale. But if you're feeling bad, your whole morale goes yeah. down. I mean, I I've got a really high morale, so it's very rare. I don't. I won't GG until I'm absolutely sure I'm dead. I might have 20 villagers left, but if I'm not confident that you can beat me, I'm still playing the game. Uh, whereas other other people, 
especially if you watch a pro, they can kind of watch. They can see a lot further ahead than I can, and they know when they're defeated. Um, it might be 15 minutes into the game, but they know how it's going to go, and they call it. Uh, but for me, whether and maybe that's true, like some parts of bravery, bravery is ignorance. So <laughs> if you have really high morale, sometimes you don't really know what's going on. I mean, but here's the thing. It's, I think, I mean, I, I, you see this in every sport or like fighting or, or, or any athlete that extends to the highest level. You need to be able to trick yourself into thinking you're the best in the world, even when you aren't. It's not to, it, you can't be, it's not that you are, you don't understand what your abilities are, but you have to be confident that within your abilities, you are able to always, like you, you convince yourself to always be able to win despite that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that and is the it. prime prime i guess thought process is these are my abilities i can and i'm going to win that is kind of how you have to approach it even if you're up against like someone who's way better than you if you approach it with these are my abilities and i'm going to beat this guy and i can beat this guy and i'm better than this guy even though they're better than me (laughs) but i've tricked myself into thinking that i'm better than this guy that's the only way you can actually be better than this guy (laughs) yeah and having having a a short memory. So if you're in a if you're in a ladder session and you lose five games in a row, just being able to just block those out and just play the next game like it was the first game can help. Otherwise, you get in this downward spiral and you just do the same thing over and over. You just keep losing, keep losing, keep losing. Um, yeah, yeah, that's how I yeah. think morale plays in. That could happen in any game, but in particular, Age Listen, of Empires, that's how it manifests. You took this and relate, made it way more relatable to an actual ladder experience than I ever thought it could be. So, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to thank Box of Saint for being on. Uh, great episode. Um, I think we um, we are we are going to do a Christmas special, which I think I'm going to put on all the feeds, but it's not going to be Age of Empires specific. It's going to be all of the ASAP Weekly Network shows they're, they're going to be mixed in boxer saints going to be there though so uh look forward to that um maybe some some talking so yeah we're, we're doing a special for uh that holiday season uh so look forward to that on our feed um and then i think we'll come back after that special we'll come back in january and boxer saint and i have have uh some new old re spin-off show <laughs> kind of plan so we're hoping to get that up and running and we're going to hopefully also give you an aoe4 and aoe2 episode in january so that's kind of the uh, the thing on the lookout however if you do want to join our community uh, we are planning to do a tournament on the 17th and the 18th um uh aoe2 and aoe4 respectively um more details in the discord so join our discord uh also catch that king of the desert tournament that's happening uh, when this episode releases on the 11th and 12th. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Boxer Saint, for being on. And I hope all of you have a great couple of weeks. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>